Hello everyone. I need to tell you that there are stereotypes in some mainstream porn films that dramatically impact black indigenous people of color like myself each and every day. The first one is the Mandingo stereotype. The Mandingo is a stereotype of a sexually voracious, promiscuous black man with a huge penis and oversized testicles invented by white slave owners to promote the notion that black people are not civilized, but quote-unquote animalistic by nature. The term Mandingo is of 20th century origin, a corrupted word for the Mandinka peoples of, of West Africa, spanning from Mali, Guinea, Senegal, the Gambia, Cote de Ivor or Ivory Coast, Ghana, and Guinea-Bissau, with minorities located in Sierra Leone and Liberia. The second one is the Jezebel stereotype. The Jezebel is a stereotype of of a sexually voracious, promiscuous black woman and was the counter image of the demure Victorian lady. The idea stemmed from Europeans' first encounter with semi-nude women in tropical Africa. The African practice of polygamy was attributed to uncontrolled lust and tribal dances were construed as pagan orgies in contrast to European Christian chastity. The supposed indiscriminate sexual appetite of black women slaves was used to justify their enslavers' efforts to breed them with other slaves as well as rape by white men, including as a legal defense. Black women could not be found to be rape victims in court cases because they were said by whites to always desire sex. The Jezebel stereotype contrasts with the mammy archetype providing two broad categories for pigeonholing by whites. So, so far, I'm, I just read to you two stereotypes of black indigenous people of color that is promulgated and perpetuated in a lot of mainstream porn company film productions. The third one, the tragic mulatta. A stereotype that was popular in early Hollywood, the tragic mulatta served as a cautionary tale for black people. She was usually depicted as a sexually attractive, light-skinned woman who was of African descent but could pass for Caucasian. The stereotype portrayed light-skinned women as obsessed with getting ahead, their ultimate goal being marriage to a white middle-class man. The only route to redemption would be for her to accept her quote-unquote blackness. The The next one, the fourth one, black... The black brute, black buck stereotype. Black brutes or black bucks are stereotypes for black men who are generally depicted as being highly prone to behavior that is violent and inhuman. They are portrayed to be hideous, terrifying black male predators who target helpless victims, especially white women. In the post-reconstruction United States, black buck was a racial slur used to describe black men who refuse to bend to the law of white authority and were seen as irredeemably violent, rude, and lecherous. 
According to popular stereotypes in the post-reconstruction era, Black Buck was a black man, usually muscular or tall, who defies white will and is largely destructive to American society. One would usually be hot-tempered, excessively violent, unintelligent, and sexually attracted to white women. The fifth stereotype that is featured about Black and people of color in, in a lot of mainstream porn film productions is Uncle Tom. The Uncle Tom stereotype represents a Black man who is simple-minded and compliant, but most essentially interested in the welfare of whites over that of other Blacks. It derives from the title character of the novel, Uncle Tom's Cabin, and is synonymous with black male slaves who informed on other black slaves' activity to their white master, often referred to as a quote-unquote house sneakro, particularly for planned escapes. It is the male version of the similar stereotype, Aunt Jemima. Jemima stereotype is also seen in a lot of mainstream porn film productions. Aunt Jemima is based on the common enslaved mammy archetype, a plump black woman wearing a head scarf who is a devoted and submissive servant. Her skin is dark and dewy with a pearly white smile. Although depictions vary over time, they're similar to the common attire and physical features of quote-unquote mammy characters throughout American history. Um, the next one that is, that is seen in mainstream porn film productions, a lot of them is the sapphire stereotype. The sapphire stereotype is a domineering black female who consumes men and usurps their role. Characterized as a strong masculine workhorse who labels black women as fields or an aggressive woman whose overbearing disposition drove away her children and partners. Her assertive demeanor is similar to the mammy but without maternal compassion and understanding. Uh... Another stereotype that's seen in a lot of mainstream porn film productions is uh, the watermelon and fried chicken uh, stereotypes. There are commonly held stereotypes that African Americans have an unorthodox appetite for watermelons and love fried chicken. Race and folklore professor Claire Schmidt attributes the latter both to his popularity in Southern Cuisine and to a scene from the film birth of a nation in which a rowdy African-American man is seen eating fried chicken in a legislative hall. The next um, stereotype that's seen in a lot of mainstream porn films is the welfare queen. 
The welfare queen stereotype depicts an African-American woman who defrauds the public welfare system to support themselves, having its roots in both race and gender. This stereotype negatively portrays black women as scheming and lazy, ignoring the genuine economic hardships which black women, especially mothers, disproportionately face. The next one you've seen a lot of mainstream porn films of stereotype is the angry black woman. In the 21st century, the angry black woman is depicted as loud, aggressive, demanding, uncivilized, physically threatening, as well as lower middle class and materialistic. She will not stay in what is perceived as her quote unquote proper place. The next stereotype that is in a lot of mainstream porn film productions is the magical Negro. The magical Negro or mystical Negro is a stock character who appears in a variety of fiction and uses special insight or powers to help the white protagonist. The magical Negro is a subtype of the more generic numinous Negro, a term coined by Richard Brookheiser in National Review. The latter term refers to clumsy depictions of saintly respected heroic black protagonists or mentors in U.S. entertainment. The next harmful stereotypes about black indigenous people calling a lot of mainstream porn films is the contemporary stereotypes, crack addicts and drug dealers. Scholars agree that news media stereotypes of people of color are pervasive. African Americans are more likely to appear as perpetrators of drug and violent crime stories in the network news. In the 1980s and the 1990s, stereotypes of black men shifted in the primary and common images were of drug dealers, crack victims, the underclass and impoverished, the homeless and subway muggers. Similarly, Douglas, 1995, who looked at O.J. Simpson, Louis Farrakhan, the Million Man March, found that the media placed African-American men on a spectrum of good versus evil. The next stereotype featuring black indigenous people of color in a lot of mainstream porn film productions is black children's alligator bait. A variant of the pick and nanny stereotype depicted black children being used as bait to hunt alligators. Although scattered references to the supposed practice appeared in early 20th century newspapers, there is no credible evidence that the stereotype reflected an actual historical practice. The next stereotypes um, featuring um, Black indigenous people of color and such horribleness in a lot of mainstream porn film productions is Sambo, Gollywog, and Piccanani. The character Sambo is a stereotype of black men who are considered very happy, usually laughing, lazy, irresponsible, or carefree. The Sambo stereotype gained notoriety through the 1898 children's book, The Story of Little Black Sambo by Helen Bannerman. It told the story of a boy named Sambo who outwitted a group of hungry tigers. This depiction of black people is displayed prominently in films of the early 20th century. The original text suggests that Sambo lived in India, but that fact may have escaped many readers. The book has often been considered to be a slur against Africans and people of African descent outside of Africa as well. The character found great popularity among other Western nations with the Gollywog remaining popular well into the 20th century. The derived Commonwealth English epithet wog is applied more often to people from sub-Saharan Africa and the Indian subcontinent than to African Americans, but 
quote unquote golly dolls still in production mostly retain the look of the stereotypical blackface minstrel. The term pickaninny reserved for children has a similarly broadened pattern of use in popular American theater and media, originated from the Spanish term pacuno nino and the Portuguese term pacuno nino to describe small child in general, but it was applied especially to African American children in the United States, and later to Australian Aboriginal children. It gets worse. So there's more stereotypes about blackness people of color that must be talked about. Uh, the black bitch stereotype. And I'm not the type of person that goes around saying the B word constantly. Um, because of my gentle manliness and my chivalry. But I have to be honest about how black indigenous women of color are seen even within a lot of mainstream porn productions. The black bitch, in quotation, is a contemporary manifestation of the Jezebel stereotype. Characters term bad black girls, black whores, and black bitches are archetypes of many black exploitation films produced by the Hollywood establishment. I did not take any joy in saying those type of words. There are appropriate times to say even the most harsh wordings, but I put it in a proper context. Sometimes you have to tell the truth in the most discomforting of manners. And again, I take no joy in saying any of those words. Uh, the next harmful stereotype about um, black people of color in a lot of mainstream porn productions is the strong black woman. The strong black woman stereotype is a discourse through, through, through that primarily black middle-class women in the black Baptist church instruct working-class black women on morality, self-help, and economic empowerment and assimilative values in the bigger interests of racial uplift and pride. Higgin, Botham, 1993. In that narrative, the woman demands middle-class women attempt to push back against dominant racist narratives of black women being immoral, promiscuous, unclean, lazy, and mannerless by engaging in public outreach campaigns that include literature that warns against brightly colored clothing, gum-chewing, loud-talking, and unclean homes, among other directives, that discourse is harmful, dehumanizing, and silencing. A strong black woman narrative is a controlling image that perpetuates the idea that it's acceptable to mistreat black women because they are strong and so can handle it. That narrative can also act as a silencing method. When black women are struggling to be heard because they go through things in life like everyone else, they are silenced and reminded that they are strong instead of actions being taken towards alleviating their problems that they did not request to endure in the first place. Then you have the independent black woman stereotype in a lot of mainstream porn film productions. The independent black woman is the depiction of a narcissistic, overachieving, financially successful woman who emasculates black males in her life. 
Then you have the athleticism stereotype in a lot of mainstream porn film productions. Blacks are stereotyped as being more athletic and superior at sports than other races. Even though they make up only 12.4% of the U.S. population, 75% of NBA players, 65% of NFL players are black. African-American college athletes may be seen as getting into college solely on their athletic ability, not their intellectual and academic merit. Black athletic superiority is a theory that says blacks possess traits that are acquired through genetic and slash environmental factors that permits them to excel over other races in athletic competition. Whites are more likely to hold such views, but some blacks under racial affiliations do as well. Several other authors have said that sports coverage that highlights the quote-unquote natural black athleticism has the effect of suggesting white superiority in other areas, such as intelligence. The stereotypes just that suggest that African Americans are incapable of competing in quote-unquote white sports, such as ice hockey and swimming. Uh, it gets worse. Um, in uh, other mainstream porn production companies, um, there's also the intelligence thing. Following the stereotypical character archetypes, African Americans have falsely frequently been thought of and referred to as having little intelligence compared to other racial groups, particularly white people. This has factored into African Americans being denied opportunities in employment. Even after slavery, and the intellectual capacity of black people is still frequently questioned. Stephen J. Gold's book, The Mismeasure of Man, 1981, demonstrated how early 20th century biases among scientists and researchers affected their purportedly objective scientific studies, data gathering, and conclusions which they drew about the absolute and relative intelligence of different groups and of gender and intelligence. So that those stereotypes are seen in a lot of mainstream porn film productions. Um, the fashion stereotype in a lot of mainstream porn productions about black indigenous people of color. In print, black people are portrayed as overtly aggressive. In a study of fashion magazine photographs, Miller and Grant found that black models are often depicted as more aggressive and sociable, but less intelligent and achievement-oriented. Um, in film and television stereotype regarding black indigenous people of color in a lot of mainstream porn productions, in film, black people are also shown in a stereotypical manner that promotes notions of moral inferiority. For female movie characters specifically, black actresses have been shown to use vulgar profanity, be physically violent, and lack overall self-control at a disproportionately higher rate than white actresses. African-American women have been represented in film and television in a variety of different ways, starting from the stereotype slash archetype of Mammy, as is exemplified the role played by Hattie McDaniel Gone with the Wind, drawn from minstrel shows through to the heroines of black exploitation movies of the 1970s, but the latter was then weakened by commercial studios. Oh, the word I just said, H-E-R-O-I-N-E-S. The mammy stereotype was portrayed as a sexual later representations of black women demonstrated a predatory sexuality. And a lot of um, mainstream porn films, this is how black digital people of color are, are seen when it comes to sports. In Darwin's Athletes, John Hoberman writes that the prominence of African-American athletes encourages a lack of emphasis on academic achievement in black communities. Several other authors have said that 
sports coverage that highlights quote-unquote natural black athleticism has the effect of suggesting white superiority in other areas such as intelligence. Some contemporary sports commentators have questioned whether blacks are intelligent enough to hold quote-unquote strategic positions or coach games such as football. In another example, a study of the portrayal of race, ethnicity, and nationality in televised sporting events by the journalist Derek C. Jackson in 1989 showed that blacks were more likely than whites to be described in demeaning intellectual terms. Um, um, in a lot of mainstream porn film productions, there's the criminal stereotype of African Americans. According to Lawrence Grossman, former president of CBS News and PBS, television newscasters reportedly show African Americans under arrest, living in slums, on welfare, and in need of help from the community. Similarly, Hurwitz and Pefley wrote that violent acts committed by a person of color often take up more than half of local news broadcasts, which often portray the person of color in a much more sinister light than their white counterparts. The authors argue that African Americans are not only more likely to be seen as suspects of horrendous crimes in the press, but also are interpreted as being violent or harmful individuals to the general public. Mary Beth Oliver, a professor at Penn State University, says that the frequency with which black men specifically have been the target of police aggression speaks to the undeniable role that race plays in false assumptions of danger and criminality. Oliver additionally stated that, quote unquote, the variables that play con- contributory roles in priming thoughts of dangerous or aggressive black women of, or d- aggressive black men are age, dress, and gender, among others which lead to the false assumptions of danger and criminality. Another harmful stereotype about black indigenous people of color in a lot of mainstream porn films is the black American princess. The black American princess BAP is a sometimes pejorative term for African American women of upper and upper middle class background who possess or are perceived to possess a spoiled or materialistic demeanor while carrying quote unquote valley girl overtones with overly materialistic and style conscious egotists the term has also been reclaimed as a matter of racial pride to cover and indulge, but not necessarily spoiled or shallow daughter of the emerging buffies or black urban middle class. At best, such figures carried them through life a sense of civic pride and of responsibility for giving back to their community. The term can be rooted back to the end of segregation. After segregation ended, black children were put into predominantly white schools and were able to take advantage of the opportunities they were given. The BAP stereotype can be seen as linked to the quote-unquote dumb blonde stereotype associated with white women. Uh, stereotypically, younger BAPs are often members of Jack and Jill, a social civic organization for upper-middle-class African-American youth. BAPs usually then go on to attend a black Ivy institution, mainly Spelman College, Hampton University, or Howard University, where many of them join either Alpha Kappa Alpha or Delta Sigma Theta Sorority. BAPs often later become members of the Girls Friends Incorporated or the Lynx Incorporated and pass in black enclaves, enclaves of Sag Harbor, New York or Oak Bluffs, Massachusetts. Many BAPs have friends in a variety of organizations include Sigma Phi Phi Fraternity and the National Association of Guardsmen. Um, the BAP Handbook, the official guide to the Black American Princess written by Callan Johnson, Tracy Lewis, Carla Lightfoot and Ginger 
Wilson offers a behind-the-scenes look at BAP speech style and history. According to the guide, a black American princess is a pampered female of African-American descent born to upper-middle or upper-class families. Her life experiences gives her, quote-unquote, a sense of entitlement, and she is accustomed to the best and nothing less. The 1997 comedy, BAPS, depicts a pair of women, Holly Berry and Natalie DeSalle, who become BAPs, BAPs, living off a millionaire's money. The character of Hillary Banks, played by Karen Parsons from The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, is a stereotypical BAP. In a lot of mainstream porn films, um, there is this hip-hop music stereotype of black indigenous people of color that is shown. Hip-hop music has reinforced stereotypes about black men. Violent, misogynistic lyrics and rap music performed by African-American male rappers has increased negative stereotypes against black men. African-American women are degraded and referred to as... I gotta take a breather here. Bitches and hoes in rap music. African-American women are over-sexualized in hip-hop music videos and are portrayed as sexual objects for rappers. Hip-hop portrays a stereotypical black masculine aesthetic. Hip-hop has stereotyped black men as hypersexual thugs and gangsters who hail from an inner-city ghetto. Another um, um, stereotype featured about black indigenous people of color in a lot of mainstream porn videos is video games. Representations of African-Americans in video games tend to reinforce stereotypes of males as athletes or gangsters. term ghetto booty is seen in a lot of mainstream porn production videos. So, a lot of the mainstream porn companies feel like black women are not true black women if they lack curvaceous figures, if they're not well endowed in the chest region, the Gluteus Maximus region and the thighs region. And even the legs region. And they feel like a black woman is not truly a black woman if her private parts are not hot or tight or loose or addictive like narcotics and she can't really be a black woman if her Private parts don't get wet often and quickly. I take no joy in reading all these racist stereotypes 
about black music people of color like myself in a lot of mainstream porn videos, and I take no joy in being honest about all of the racist stereotypes about black music people of color in a lot of mainstream porn videos in terms of me talking off the top of my head like I did just now. I take no joy in reciting it and saying the rest off the top of my head. It's that painful for me. I know it's that painful for you. There's another stereotype of black indigenous people of color that's in main, a lot of mainstream porn videos. Oh, they're starting with the early stereotypes. So early menstrual show early menstrual shows in the mid-19th century lampoon the supposed stupidity of black people. Even after slavery ended, the intellectual capacity of black people was still frequently questioned. Movies such as Birth of a Nation and from 1915 questioned whether black people were fit to run for governmental offices or to vote. Some critics have considered Mark Twain's Adventures of Huckleberry Finn as quote-unquote racist because of his depiction of the slave Jim and other black characters. Some schools have excluded the book from their curricula or libraries. Stereotypes pervaded other aspects of culture, such as various board games that use sambo or similar imagery in their design. An example is the Jolly Darky Target game, which players were expected to toss a ball through the quote-unquote gaping mouth of the target in cardboard decorated using imagery of sambo. Other stereotypes displayed the impossibility of good relations between black and white people, instilling the idea that the two races could never coexist peacefully in society. R-A-C-E-S. The intent was to lead audiences to the conclusion of the proper solution to remove blacks from American society entirely. And the last one, in terms of the new me- the uh, new media stereotypes that are within a lot of mainstream porn videos, it starts with social media. In 2012, Mia Moody, assistant professor of journalism, public relations, and new media in Baylor's College of Arts and Sciences, documented Facebook's fans' use of social media to target U.S. President Barack Obama and his family through stereotypes. Her study found several themes and missions of groups targeting the Obamas. Some groups focused on attacking his politics and consisted of Facebook members who had an interest in politics and used social media to share their ideas. Other more malicious types focused on the president's race, religion, sexual orientation, personality, and diet. Moody analyzed more than 20 Facebook groups slash pages using the keywords hate, Barack Obama, and Michelle Obama, first lady at the time. Hate hate groups which once recruited members through word of mouth and distribution of pamphlets spread the message that one race is inferior targeted a historically oppressed group using degrading hateful terms. She concluded that historical stereotypes focusing on diet and blackface had all but disappeared from mainstream television shows and movies but had resurfaced in new media representations. Most portrayals fell into three categories, blackface, animalistic, and evil-slash-angry. Similarly, media had made progress in their handling of gender-related topics 
but Facebook offered a new platform for sexist messages to thrive. Facebook users played up shallow, patriarchal representations of Michelle Obama, focusing on her emotions, appearance, and personality. Conversely, they emphasized historical stereotypes of Barack Obama that depicted him as flashy and animalistic. Meters relied on stereotypes of women and African Americans not only hindered civil rights, but also helped determine how people treated marginalized groups, her study found. Those are all... Ah, the stereotypes found. About black indigenous people of color. And a lot of mainstream porn videos. How does this all make me feel? I'll tell you. Our global society hates equality before the law concerning black folks. Our our global society hates freedom from arbitrary arrest and detention concerning black folks. Our society hates freedom of assembly concerning black folks. Our global society hates freedom of association for black folks. Our society hates uh, the freedom from cruel, inhuman, or degrading treatment or punishment for black folks. Our society hates freedom from discrimination for black folks. Our society hates freedom of information for black folks. Our society hates freedom of movement for black folks. Our society hates freedom of religion for black folks. Our society hates freedom from religion for black folks. Our society hates freedom from slavery for for black folks. Our society hates freedom of speech for black folks. Our society hates freedom of thought for black folks. Our society hates freedom from torture for black folks. Our society hates legal aid for black folks. Our society hates LGBTQI plus rights for black folks. Our society hates liberty for black folks. Our society hates nationality for black folks. Our society hates personhood for black folks. Our society hates presumption of innocence for black folks. Our society hates right of asylum for black folks. Our society hates right to die for black folks. Our society hates right to a fair trial for black folks. Our society hates right to family life for black folks. Our society hates right to keep and bear arms and gun rights for black folks. Our society hates gun control for black folks. Our society hates right to life for black folks. Our society hates right to petition for black folks. Our society hates right to privacy for black folks. Our society hates right to protest for black folks. Our society hates right to refuse medical treatment for black folks. Our society hates right to embrace medical treatment for black folks. Our society hates right to resist for black folks. Our society hates right of self-defense for black folks. Our society hates right to truth for black folks. Our society hates security of person for black folks. Our society hates suffrage for black folks. Our society hates war to homeland, right to homeland for black folks. Our society hates digital rights for black folks. Our society hates equal pay for equal work for black folks. Our society hates fair rumination for black folks. Society hates labor rights for black folks. Our society hates rights to an adequate standard of living for black folks. 
Our society hates right to clothing for black folks. Our society hates right to development for black folks. Our society hates right to education for black folks. Our society hates right to food for black folks. Our society hates right to health for black folks. Our society hates right to a healthy environment for black folks. Our society hates right to housing for black folks. Our society hates right to internet access for black folks. Our society hates right to property for black folks. Our society hates right to public participation for black folks. Our society hates right of reply for black folks. Our society hates right to rest and leisure for black folks. Our society hates right of return for black folks. Our society hates right to science and culture for black folks. Our society hates right to social security for black folks. Our society hates right to water for black folks. Our society hates right to work for black folks. Our society hates abortion for black folks. Our society hates family planning for black folks. Our society hates freedom from involuntary female genital mutilation for black folks. Our society hates intersex human rights for black folks. Our society hates sexual and reproductive health and rights for black folks. Our society hates right to sexuality for black folks. Our society hates the declaration of sexual rights for black folks. Our society hates the declaration of sexual pleasure for black folks. Our society hates reproductive rights for black folks. Our society wants genocide to happen to black folks. Society wants war crimes to be committed against black folks. And our society wants crimes against humanity to happen to black folks. Our society hates substantive rights for black folks. Our society hates procedural rights for black folks. And our society hates substantive equality for black folks. Our society hates claim rights and liberty rights to happen to black folks. Our society hates individual and group rights for black folks. Society hates natural rights and legal rights for black folks. Our society hates negative and positive rights for black folks. Our society hates human rights for black folks. Our society hates civil rights and political rights for black folks. Our society hates economic, social, cultural rights for black folks. Our society hates the three-generation human rights for black folks. Our society hates criminal procedures, also known as rights of the accused for black folks. Our society hates animal rights being appreciated by black folks. Our society hates children's rights or the rights of children for black folks. Our society hates consumer protection for black folks. Our society hates creditors' rights for black folks. Our society hates the deaf rights movement for black folks. Our society hates the disability rights movement for black folks. Our society hates elder rights for black folks. Our society... hates farmers' rights and the International Treaty on Plant Genetic Resources for Food and Agriculture for Black Folks. Our society hates indigenous rights being championed by Black Folks. Our society hates native rights being championed by Black Folks. Our society hates transgender rights for Black Folks. Our society hates minority rights for Black Folks. Our society hates the parents' rights movement for Black Folks. Our society hates the mother's rights movement for black folks. Our society hates the father's rights movement for black folks. Our society hates the patient's bill of rights for black folks. Our society hates the, declara- the, the, the Declaration of the Rights of Peasants, UNDROP, officially United Nations Declaration of the Rights of Peasants and other people working in rural areas for black folks. Our society hates the rights of civilian military prisoners and prisoners' rights for black folks. Our society hates 
states rights for black folks. Society hates student rights and student rights in higher education for black folks. Our society hates victims' rights for black folks. Our society hates women's rights for black folks. Our society hates workers' rights for black folks. Society hates the youth rights movement for black folks. Our society hates the fact that black people used to be fetuses, so even the concept of fetal rights for black folks makes them irate. They don't, our society is so hateful of black folks that even if black folks were plants, they will still go, ugh, no plant rights for them. If black folks were robots, they would hate us so much. Well, the ethics of artificial intelligence and robot rights, I don't even want them to have that. And let's say there was a divine right of kings, divine right of God's mandation. They say, that's true for everybody except the blacks. They don't even want us to have that. The, the men's rights movement. They don't even want black folks to have that. Our society hates the human right to water and sanitation, HRWS, for black folks. Our society hates the right of the people to self-determination for black folks. Our society hates linguistic rights for black folks. Our society hates free migration, open immigration for black folks. Our society hates right to a fair trial for black folks. Our society hates right of asylum for black folks. Our society hates civil liberties for black folks. Our side hates freedom of movement, mobility, rights, the right to travel for black folks. And this is how I feel regarding uh, mainstream porn in particular. A lot of mainstream porn companies feel that civil rights should never include the ensuring of black people's physical and mental integrity life and safety, protection from discrimination on grounds such as race, sex, sexual orientation, national origin, color, age, political affiliation, ethnicity, social class, secularity, religion, disability, individual rights such as privacy and the freedom of thought, speech, religion, secularity, press, assembly, movement. None of those things should ever be applied to black folks. That's how a lot of mainstream porn companies feel about my people. A lot of mainstream porn companies feel like Black folks' political rights should never include natural justice, procedural fairness, and law, such as the rights of the accused, including the right to a fair trial, due process, the right to seek redress or legal remedy, and rights of participation in civil society and politics, such as freedom of association, the right to assemble, the right to petition, the right of self-defense, and the right to vote. They say that none of those things should ever apply to black folks. That's how a lot of mainstream porn companies feel about people like me. And they really hate that the Universal Declaration of Human Rights that the United Nations came up with should never apply to black folks. Like, oh, all 30 of those articles apply to black folks makes us frustrated and flustered. That's how a lot of mainstream porn companies feel about people like me. 
They hate the fact that bodily integrity, bodily autonomy, egalitarianism, equality, equity, equal opportunity apply to black folks. They hate all that. They despise all that. The right to personality makes them even more frustrated and flustered when it comes to black folks. Black Lives Matter 1619 Project and Critical Race Theory saddens them to no end concerning us black folks. So that's why um, a lot of mainstream porn companies won't get any collaboration from me. And you now under now fully understand why. So, I now want to talk about how when it comes to sex, there should be uh, positive triggers, positive stimulus, positive stressors, positive reminders, positive couplings, positive warnings, um, And sex should be free of trauma triggers, trauma stimuluses, trauma stressors, trauma reminders, traumatic couplings, and trigger warnings. Sex should have positive content warnings, not traumatic content warnings. Um, Sex should be free of acute stress disorder, emotional dysregulation, hypervigilance, repressed memories, and survivor guilt. Sex should be filled with positive thematic elements. And it should be filled with healthy memories, healthy emotional regulation, and positive content ratings, not negative content ratings. Talking about people's sex lives here. Smells, tastes, sounds, texture, certain times of day, certain times of your specific dates, sights, places, persons, skin sensations, body positions, emotions, particular situations, and physical joy should all be positive, completely, never negative at all, whatsoever. Healthy flashbacks 
instead of negative flashbacks. When it comes to sex, should be the norm. Post-traumatic stress should never be a part of anyone's sex life. Gentle words instead of arguments is what is needed in the sex life of everyone having one. Our global society hates sex workers' rights for black folks. Our global society hates marijuana rights for black folks. And our society hates alcohol rights and nightlife rights for black folks. Those are other reasons why a lot of mainstream porn companies won't be bothered with me and I won't be bothered with them. And without further ado, since I finished the sex talk, um, I now want to discuss my, uh, a lot of my views on religion. Yes, in a lot of mainstream porn companies, black folks endure objectification, dehumanization, sexual objectification, commodification, self-objectification, reification, objectification, social relationships. So, in a lot of mainstream porn, Black folks endure reduction of body, reduction to appearance, silencing, denial of subjectivity, violability, fungibility, inertness, denial of autonomy, um, slavery-based ownership, in quotations, and slavery-based instrumentality, in quotations, and... Black folks experience the male gaze, G-A-Z-E. Or should I say endure the male gaze, G-A-Z-E. And um, black folks are treated as commodities without regard to our personality and dignity. It gets worse. Black women have been fetishized and objectified throughout history. They may be portrayed as having more animalistic nature than their non-black counterparts. People who fetishize black women are sometimes said to have jungle fever. Black women are widely objectified in media and in pornography and are scrutinized more closely for doing the same things as their non-black counterparts. They are also stereotyped in the media as having more curvaceous bodies and bigger lips and bigger hips. 
But Latina women get mistreated too. Latina women face a particular form of sexual objectification based on stereotypes relating to Latina women. American media often portrays Latina women as being sexually promiscuous and curvaceous, having large breasts and large buttocks, being melodramatic, or having a feisty attitude. Keller identifies three main stereotypes that combine to the objectification of Latinas. Catina girl suffering senorita in vamp. The Catina girl is characterized as being an alluring sexual presence. The quote-unquote suffering senorita is a Latina who goes quote-unquote bad due to her love of the usually Anglo love interest. Anglo-Saxon means whiteness. Lastly, the quote-unquote vamp is seen as beautiful but devious and a psychological threat for her wit or charm. All three of these characters all three of these categorizations stem from the sexual objectification of Latina women's bodies and identities. Such sexual objectifications hold real-life consequences for Latina women. For instance, the prevalence of negative Latina stereotypes such as hypersexualization has led to a decrease in positive in-group attitudes among the Latina community. How does all this make me feel? It makes me feel all this makes me feel mad, angry, furious, infuriated, irate, raging, enraged, fuming, blazing, flaming, mad, blazing, mad, and a towering rage, incensed. Wrathful, seeing red, cross, indignant, exasperated, irritated, berserk, out of control, beside myself, livid, spare, wild, aerated, waxy, in a wax sore, become very angry, lost my temper, get in a rage, rant, rant and rave, fulminate, go crazy, explode, burst, go off the deep end, go ape shit, flip, flip one's lip. Do one's nut flip one's wig and go eight, which means express wild excitement or anger. That's not a racist statement I just made. And again, go ape shit means express wild excitement or anger. And when I say excited, I'm talking about not actual excitement, but I'm talking about passionate anger in this case. It, it, it flip one's lid, flip my lid, flip my wig, do my nut. It doesn't mean sex, that means become extremely angry or agitated. If I'm not insulting women, I say flip my, my wig. That just means lose control, become mad. That's all that makes me feel. If I was in a lot of mainstream, if I was working with a lot of mainstream foreign companies, they would. Um, have have me dehumanized by objectifying me and commodifying me. Those are the reasons why I keep my partnerships, sexually speaking, small regarding the porn world. And in real life, a lot of people are capable of dehumanizing me by objectifying me, commodifying me. That's another reason why I keep my sexual partnerships very small in numbers. 
episode, adult entertainment and outside of adult entertainment, my partnerships are very small in in quantity. And with that being um, said, this is all pisses me off. And this is, this all has me fucking pissed. Because none of this shit should ever goddamn happen. Why the hell does all this bullshit happen? Assholes and ass wipes is exactly why all this happens. Now we can talk about my thoughts on um, religion. I forgot to say um, that the Latinas are also depicted in similar ways with black women in a lot of mainstream porn videos. I meant to say that earlier. Now let's get to religion. So I noticed that the God of the Bible, according to the Bible writer, suffers from anxiety disorders. Um, According to the Bible writers, God suffers from generalized anxiety disorder. God was feeling restless, wound up, or on edge. God was being easily fatigued. God was having difficulty concentrating. God was being irritable. God was having headaches, muscle aches, stomach aches, and unexplained pains. God was feeling difficulty controlling feelings of worry. God was having sleep problems such as difficulty falling or staying asleep. God suffered from panic disorders. God experienced pounding or racing hearts. He was sweating. He was trembling or tingling. He had chest pains. He was feeling of it. He had feelings of impending doom. God had feelings of being out of control. God suffered from social anxiety disorder. God was blushing, sweating, or trembling. God was having pounding and racing heart. God had stomach aches. God was suffering from rigid body posture, speaking with an overly soft voice. God was was having difficulty making eye contact or being around people. He didn't know, even though he was supposed to be all-knowing and God was having feelings of self-conscious or fear that people will judge him negatively God was suffering from phobia related disorders God had irrational or excessive worries about encountering the feared object or situation God was taking active steps to avoid the feared object or situation God had experienced immediate intense anxiety upon encountering the fear object situation. God endured unavoidable object situations with intense anxiety. Um, I noticed that God suffered from separation um, anxiety disorder. God had fears about being parted from people to whom he was attached. God often worried that some sort of harm or something untoward will happen to 
his attachment figures while they were both separated from each other. God often avoided being alone. God avoided being separated from the attachment figures. And God had nightmares about being separated from attachment figures or experienced physical symptoms when separation occurred or was anticipated by God. I noticed that the God of the Bible suffered from um, selective mutism. God failed to speak in specific social situations despite having normal language skills. God often had extreme shyness. God had fear of social embarrassment. God had compulsive traits. God had withdrawals. God had clinging behavior, and God even threw temper tantrums. If if God was around today, he would probably be afraid of flying heights, specific animals such as spiders, dogs, or snakes receiving injections and blood. And if God were alive today, he would suffer from agoraphobia. God would be afraid of using public transportation, being in open spaces, being in closed spaces, standing in line or being in a crowd, being outside of the home alone. And lastly about religion, God suffered from mood disorders. God suffered from major depression, having less interest in usual activities, feeling sad or hopeless. Now the symptoms for these two weeks may indicate depression. God suffered from dysthymia. This is a chronic low-grade depressed or irritable mood that lasts for at least two years. God suffered from bipolar disorder. This is a condition in which a person has periods of depression, alternating with periods of mania or elevated mood. God had mood disorder related to other health conditions like many medical illnesses, including cancer, injuries, infections, and chronic illnesses can trigger symptoms of depression. God suffered from substance-induced mood disorder. Symptoms of depression are due to the effects of medicine, drug abuse, alcoholism, exposure to toxins, or other forms of treatment. If God were around today, he would have all these diagnoses. God suffered from ongoing sad, anxious, or empty mood, feelings of hopelessness or helplessness, having low self-esteem, feeling inadequate or worthless, excessive guilt, repeating thoughts of death or suicide, wishing to die or attempting suicide, uh, loss of interest in usual activities, or activities that were once enjoyed, including sex, relationship problems, trouble sleeping or sleeping too much, change in appetite slash your weight, decreased energy, trouble concentrating, a decrease in the ability to make decisions, frequent physical complaints, for example, headaches, stomach ache, or tiredness, and don't get better with treatment, running away or threats of running away from home, very sensitive to failure, rejection, irritability, hostility, or aggression. God would lie today, he would have all these symptoms. And, um... Also, I have to say that lastly, God suffered from schizophrenia, Um, delusions God had. These are false beliefs that are not based in reality. For example, you think you're being harmed or harassed, certain gestures or comments are directed at you. 
You have exceptional, you have sex, you have exceptional ability or fame. Other persons in love with you, or major catastrophes about to occur. Delusions occur in most people's schizophrenia, and all of those things certainly apply to the biblical God. The biblical God suffered from hallucinations. These usually involve seeing or hearing things that don't exist. You, for the person with schizophrenia, they have the full force and impact of a normal experience. Hallucinations can be in any of the senses, but hearing voices the most common hallucination. But hearing voices the most common hallucination, even though hallucinations can be in any of the senses. All these traits apply to the biblical God. The biblical God suffered from disorganized thinking. Speech in this case. Disorganized thinking is is inferred from disorganized speech. Effective communication can be impaired, and answers to questions may be partially or completely unrelated. Rarely, speech may include putting together meaningless words that can't be understood, sometimes known as word salad. All those traits apply to the biblical God. The biblical God suffered from extremely disorganized or abnormal motor behavior. This may show a number of ways, from childlike silliness to unpredictable agitation. Behavior isn't focused on a goal, so it's hard to do tasks. Behavior can include resistance to instructions, inappropriate or bizarre posture, a complete lack of response, or useless and excessive movement, and all those traits apply to the biblical God. And the biblical God suffered from negative, sim- negative symptoms. This refers to reduce or lack of ability to function normally. For example, the person may neglect personal hygiene or appear to lack emotion, doesn't make eye contact, doesn't change facial expressions, or speaks in a monotone. Also, the person may lose interest in everyday activities, socially withdraw, or lack the ability to experience pleasure. And all those traits certainly apply to the biblical God. The biblical God suffered from withdrawal from friends and family, trouble sleeping, irritability, depressed mood, lack of motivation, and drop in performance at school. All these things would apply to God if God was around today. If God was around today, he would also suffer from suicide, suicide attempts, thoughts of suicide, anxiety disorders, obsessive compulsive disorder, OCD, depression, abuse of alcohol, other drugs, including nicotine, inability to work or attend school, financial problems and homelessness, social isolation, health and medical problems, being victimized and aggressive behavior, although it's uncommon. All those things certainly apply to God of the Bible. Now I'm going to finish organized crime. The human rights God, in my imagination, is happy, joyous, joyful, merry, mirthful, glad, gleeful, delighted, cheerful, laughing, contented, genial, satisfied, enraptured, congenial, cheery, jolly, hilarious, Sparkling, enchanted, rejoicing, blissful, jovial, delightful, um, exhilarated, pleased, peaceful, um, debonair, hearty, overjoyed, lighthearted, radiant, vivacious, sunny, smiling, animated, lively, spirited, exuberant, good-humored, elated, jubilant, Rollicking, playful, thrilled, fun-loving, at peace and good spirits and high spirits, happy as a lark. Um, those are my definitions of the human rights God, according to my vivid imagination. And as for organized crime, I do remember that in that world, um, 
it was fashionable to not answer uh, what is called dumb questions. And that's exactly what um, I followed that habit. Um, It was considered manly not to do so. Um, I was a child, so I didn't have uh, any other option. And in that organized crime world that I can tell you about, there was the idea that I had to be hard to read, hard to understand, hard to know, stoic. In the other episode, I said overly serious and overly private. I had to be those ways because it was it was considered manly. Um, to not reveal the things about yourself, even to trained professionals, even to people that that are equipped to handle um, the information they need to know about me in order to, um, you know, therapize me and lead me to good services. It was considered manly not to go to therapy, not to uh, see a psychiatrist and not to see a psychologist, not to get any trained professional help. So, basically, you had to settle issues within yourself. You had to solve your own, all your problems on your own and not ask for any help. It was considered manly not to ask for any help. You had to be overly sober all the time to the point where... If you were too high or too drunk, you could get got. You know, an organized crime world, they talk about, I'm going to get you before you get me. Survival of the fittest. Every man for himself. You, you get yours, I get mine. I'm going to get mine and I'm going to get yours. Uh, save your own skin, watch out for number one. Those um, dog-eat-dog world, um, those are elements within organized crime. And I also remember... In the streets, um, when they would tell the facts, they would be serious when they spoke them. That's how I knew that they were being forthcoming. When they would sound insecure, those were rumors proven to be untrue. Therefore, it was assumed a lie. Um, So that's how the streets were. The streets confirm, the streets deny. When they confirm and deny, they're serious. When they're speculating, they have inadequacy to their vocal tones. So that's definitely what occurred in organized crime world that I was in. And um, in organized crime world, it was considered unmanly to be uh, friendly. Um, to, you know, to the point where they, you know, you could be friendly to a point. But you couldn't be normally friendly because your manhood was questioned, therefore your sexuality was questioned. So, queerphobic, pretty much. And um, in the organized crime world, what I do also remember um, is that It was even unmanly to think for yourself because of the hurt mentality and groupthink, which are cultish 
within organized crime. So, in the um, organized crime, the last thing I can say about it is that world I too am a religious cult survivor I remember that within the religious cult I was a part of there was manipulative and authoritarian mind control over the members, um, communal and totalistic organization, aggressive proselytizing, systematic programs of indoctrination and perpetuation in all kinds of communities, regardless of income brackets. Um, and they were associated with things like kidnapping, brainwashing, psychological abuse, sexual abuse, um, mass suicide. When it came to certain people, there was just criminal activity such as um, Ponzi schemes, There was sex work cults, and there was sex cults. Um, Then there was uh, money laundering, drug trafficking, um, alcohol trafficking, tobacco products trafficking, weapons trafficking, and organ trafficking. I remember those things. Um, there was a lot of physical abuse, domestic violence, intimate partner violence. Um, there was a lot of adult abuse and child abuse. And um, this is in the sexual slavery world. And they had us in churches where they would commit all these crimes, spirit, spiritual crimes and physical crimes the most. And all these crimes will be committed the least outside of these um, outside of these churches because a lot of them pretended to be clergy people but most of them were actually clergy people so yes we were all manipulated, exploited, and controlled um Forceful deprogramming and forceful reprogramming happened to us. Derogatory slurs were often used. Bigotry was the norm. And it was subhuman in terms of how we were treated. 
and we were coerced to even dislike people outside of our cult, but that I never was that type of person. Um, so yes, that was the last cult I was a part of. And um, there was terrorism. There was, within the cult, there was terroristic violence, psychological impact and fear, uh, unlawfulness and illegitimacy. There was deliberate targeting of people outside the cult, but a cult targets itself to deliberate targeting of people within the cult that didn't behaved the way the cult said to, and they were perpetrated for political goals. You know, it was basic, they were basically, um, the religious cult I was made to be a part of it in the sexual slavery world was, it was a destructive cult. Destructive cults generally refer to groups whose members have the deliberate action physically injured or killed other members of their own group or other people. It was a mixture of that. It was a cult of personality. Um, you know, behavior and personality changes, loss of personal identity, cessation of scholastic activities, estrangement from family and friends, disinterest in society, pronounced mental control and slavery by cult leaders. That's what happened to a lot of us. And there was also the doomsday cult. Doomsday cult is an expression which is used to describe groups that believe in apocalypticism and millenniarism, and it can also be used to refer to both to groups that predict disaster, groups that attempt to bring about it. So it was a destructive doomsday cult that I was a part of. A lot of physical and psychological harm. So that was the last thing about organized crime I wanted to tell you about. So that was perpetrated for political goals. Now you understand what I mean. Um, and... Um, That's what I wanted to share uh, with you all. Now, last thing I want to share about, I think I should end on um, sex. Um, basically, what I've learned throughout this time, I'll end with uh, what happens to BBWs and uh, that that they're called in with uh, plus people. What I've learned is that. Porn stereotypes all gay people as flamboyant and they confuse gay people with women. Um, sexual orientation, gender identity are not the same. Um, some gay people are women and some are not. Um, some transgender people are gay and some are not. But I noticed that that stereotype was important. Like, basically, it was either always flamboyant or always I'm gay, but I have to always be hardcore. And I don't think those stereotypes should be applied to every gay person. That's just insulting. And as for the BBW, I really learned how just like gay people, they, they're made to feel like, well, if I perform with a um, smaller person, I may be paid more. 
If I go by the stereotypes, it may be paid more. If I'm true to myself, I get paid less and less work. And if I'm considered difficult, they might not want to hire me again. And those are all just fucked up, fucked up. So that's just what I wanted to just say. And uh, thanks for letting me share with y'all. And I noticed that a lot of times um, with BBWs, they're they're portrayed as um, people who are um, low self-esteem, hypersexual, Rapunzel, let down your long hair. Cinderella, save me. Um, I need you to make me feel good about my height and my weight. And they're portrayed as these firecrackers. Basically, they're treated like Latinas in stereotypes. It's just that it's extra because of, you know, the overemphasis on their stomachs. And um, and gay people are also portrayed. Well, LGBTQ plus people are portrayed as these, like they're all artsy and they're all um, high pitched voice and they're all just these overly compliant types and those caricatures hurt. And that happens in a lot of uh, mainstream porn films. So, in closing, I'll say this. There's nothing wrong with having small testicles. There's nothing wrong with having small penis. It's not about the size. It's all about using your genitalia compassionately, even in the midst of sex. Even during foreplay. So, there's nothing wrong with having small breasts, small buttocks small vaginas, small clitorises, small vulvas. There's nothing wrong with not being muscular. There's nothing wrong with not being curvy. You don't have to look the way society says for you to look, but you can still be just as attractive without what society says you should look like. And it's about compassionate usage of your body and their bodies, their spirits and your spirits when it comes to sex, outside of sex, don't forget for play. So this whole penis envy and this whole um, you have to be this Barbie doll is just so inhuman and inhumane. And I'm glad I chose to end with my public service announcement. <laughs>